0: What are the three things that you can do today where you either continue something start something or complete something
1: this is the all the hats we wear podcast how many different hats are you juggling in your busy life if you're like most you're juggling 15 to 20 different roles This podcast will teach you a creative and meaningful approach to time management. You're meant to do great things. Here are the skills you need to start doing them. My name is Scott Snow, and I'm your productivity coach and the host of your show. We have a world-class guest on our show today. CEO and head coach, Matt Spielman, draws upon decades of senior executive operating experience at both large public and younger venture capital backed organizations. He partners with high-performing executives and their teams to realize business and personal success. Matt is an ICF professional certified coach, and he graduated from the executive coaching program at Columbia University. Matt was named one of the leading coaches by institutional investor and recently appeared on Good Morning America to discuss his Achieve goal-setting model. Matt is a former nationally recognized collegiate baseball player, earning District 1 academic All-American distinction. To incorporate fitness, health, and well-being into the coaching approach, Matt trained at Duke Integrative Medicine and studied nutrition science at Stanford's Center for Health Education. Matt is a national board certified health and wellness coach. Matt graduated from Harvard Business School and received his BA in economics from Columbia University. Matt lives with his wife, and two sons in Westchester, New York. Matt, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Now, I know you have a a great new book. It's called Inflection Points, How to Work and Live with Purpose. And I really enjoyed it. I have some questions for you. And uh, one of the biggest takeaways from the book, Matt, was when you described how we are often paralyzed with those heavy terms like purpose and mission and passion. So, and you, and you suggested um, that we should start from a place of lightness, which I thought was a very unique approach. So how does this work in coaching? And would you describe that process?
0: Yeah, sure. So I, I think you're, you're spot on. And there are this, these electrically charged words of, you know, what's my purpose and what are all my passions and what am I supposed to do and all these sort of exogenous forces. And it's not only lightness, it's also we try to follow energy. And one of the exercises that one can do for free and just download the materials from the book and it's there, it's called the sources and drains of energy. And for the audience, think about a sheet of paper with a line drawn down the middle of it. And on the left-hand side of the paper is the sources of energy. And that we're going to list throughout the day and over the course of a week or two, the tasks that you're doing that Generate energy that excite you, that you enjoy, and try to be as specific as you possibly can. And these also may be, you know, interactions with other people, maybe the environment that you're working in. It may be the commute or the lack of commute. Um, It may be so everything that is that gives you and generates energy for you would be on the left hand side of the page, and on the right hand side of the page would be the exact opposite. Right? It would be the things that you have to do, where you have to hold your nose while you're doing them, or you have to have multiple cups of coffee, or they seemingly just sit on your to-do list and you can't get them done. Um, the one caveat here, it's not even a caveat, just wanna share with you, is every job is going to have things that are going to be on the right-hand side of the page versus on the left-hand side of the page. The goal is to have more data, you know, and more information on the left-hand side versus on the drains, the energy drains Side. So then what you could do with that is over the course of a week and over the course of two weeks. And Scott, this is something that I did, you know, when I went through my career transition from executive to executive coach uh, about eight, nine years ago, I had seven, eight sheets of paper after the, the course of a couple of weeks. I looked at it, identified some themes in there. And I then I, I was working with a coach and have been working with a coach for 12 years. So Peter and I. Sat down and, you know, he said, so what do you, what do you take from this exercise? You know, what do you learn about yourself? How do we do more of the things that energize you or that which is on the left hand side of the page versus on the right hand side of the page? So mission, purpose, passion, they are pursuits that that we should indeed keep in mind and try to get closer towards. It is much easier to
1: follow energy. And I remember once in your book, you said as a coach that you focus on energy. Mm. How do you do that in a coaching session? Mm. So I really listen
0: to and hear. So that, that that that's the key. So it's not just listen. I really hear, I really try to hear what the other person is saying. And oftentimes it, you know, it's voice intonation. It's the words that they tend to choose and go with or stories that they tend to tell. And it's also questions that I'll ask where they're kind of follow up and it's in the spirit of this this great business school case that I read many years ago it's it's called the Toyota well the Toyota production system and how Toyota makes makes vehicles and they get down to the root cause of any issues that happen so just slightly different approach but if somebody says something and I may say huh you sat up in your chair you know when you said that like what's going on underneath the hood there And then they may say something and I say, I I may ask, well, you know, tell me more about that. And they'll tell me more about that. And I'll say, hmm, what else, what else? And it's an opportunity to go several steps deeper than what a normal conversation may be. And in fact, this may be one of the only conversations that people have where the other person, in this case, it's a coach, doesn't have to be a coach, but the other person is really listening and hearing them and not necessarily layering themselves and their value system on top of you. So I don't know how often, as an example, I um, mean, this is just sort of a fun example. I don't know how often you may experience this where you say, yeah, you know, hey, how was the weekend? Well, I just got back from, I went to New Hampshire for the weekend. Oh, I I went to New Hampshire last week. I have a, it's, as opposed to, oh, Scott, you went to New Hampshire last week. Oh, but what what drove you to New Hampshire? You know, what what had you, of all the places to go? Well, my family has, oh, tell me about that. You know, So it's all of a sudden the other person comes alive and it's really focused on what's going on within him or her. And that is a, it's kind of a rarity these days, Scott, actually kind of that other person focused thinking and listening.
1: Yeah, and that seems to be a real rare skill that coaches develop uh, for themselves that a lot of people don't have, right? It's Like you say, it's pretty rare to have that approach
0: it is some, it is so it's it, it's a skill and and oftentimes you know in our coach training that's the thing that the observers are really looking for and listening for and we sort of get graded at the end and hey Matt you didn't ask an open ended question here you asked a close ended uh, you didn't really follow up on when the person said this but anybody can learn it scott and you know what really drives it it's curiosity so it's huh Oh, you went to New Hampshire of all the places. Like in my mind, I'm thinking, what was it about New Hampshire that really drew you there? Huh? Yeah. Did you drive? Did you fly? I know Manchester's there. Like flying, but there was a lot of traffic over the weekend. So it's curiosity. And the other person, you know, it, it's it's very paradoxical, Scott. The sometimes in a conversation, the less one speaks, the more other people sort of like you, and the more favorable they think of and remember the conversation. Mm. And as opposed to, we may think, oh, we go to a party. I let me tell them all about myself and my background blah, blah, blah. and well, I really impressed that person at the end of the seven minute conversation. And I would challenge that. I would say, you know, the more question, not because you're just asking questions, but because you're really curious and you're getting interested, you know, in the other person question, follow-up question, maybe you have another follow-up question, maybe you add something. And that person after the seven or eight minutes that you're talking to is like, wow, that's really great to talk to, but I actually said a whole lot less, you know, which is really interesting.
1: Are these subtle things you're listening for?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's intonation. Like I, I was sharing before it's word choices, the intonation of voice, ideally this body language, Yeah, you if know, zoom and video is great. When I can meet with somebody in person, that's preferred. Um, sometimes they're a little bit late. Sometimes they're early, like uh, they're all and sometimes you know that those aren't intentional single signals, but sometimes they are. And we I, I sort of pay attention to all the data that would all that you can see and some things that you can't see
1: ah, interesting. yeah. let's let's switch gears to uh, goal setting. I know you have kind of a contrary opinion to uh, traditional goal setting or the smart goals. So what is missing in smart goals, and how does your GPS or your uh, game plan system address what's missing?
0: Yeah. so, Smart has been effective for decades, and for those in the audience, it's an acronym which could mean it's actually taken on different meanings for the different letters. But generally, it's uh, specific, measurable, or meaningful, uh, measurable. Uh, aggra- I actually so it, it's changed over time. I don't yeah. know exactly know what it is. Yeah, uh, maybe realistic and time bound. Um, I felt like it was smart and and and, but not smart enough. The act of people thinking that I have something meaningful that I want to work towards is just is is important in and of itself. So whether it's smart or some other system, this the fact that somebody's doing it is important. Okay, full stop, period. New paragraph. I spent a year studying goal achieving theory and went back to Locke and Latham from the 1950s and tapped into what they thought would be the ingredients to bring about. A success a successfully bringing about a goal and I in doing that I felt like smart wasn't as smart as it really could be or it could be smarter and I felt like so the model that I came up with is the acronym achieve and it wasn't it was I came up with it it's rooted in 80 years 70 plus years of goal achieving and setting theory um, as well as rooted in positive psych the body of positive psychology Dr Martin Seligman at all in the mid to late 90s birth this. So the A Scott stands for action oriented, or that which you can you have some semblance of control over. Three hundred sunny days in Colorado next year is a, it would be a really nice outcome, but we can't we can't do much to control that. So A is action oriented. C is one of the most meaningful of in the acronym achieve, which is consequential. It has to be meaningful and consequential to you, not something that I tell you that you should do. I think hey, running the New York City Marathon, Scott, would be something that's great for you. Well, that's for me that's for you to determine and what that would mean to you. So that's the C for consequential. It should be hard, but not impossible or hard, but not Herculean, that's the H. I is integrated goals. And ideally if there's more than one goal that they're working in service of one should increase the chances of you working, of, of achieving another. So let's say, for example, one sets a goal that he or she wants to put himself in a position put him or herself in a position to get promoted at the end of the year, okay? There's a discussion around that. There's another goal among the four that we typically create on this game plan, this single page document is maybe completing the course um, computer coding, you know, a new computer language. So that's a goal an outcome that would be meaningful to the person. person's interested in it, they want to do it. And that also completing that may help bring about the promotion at the end of the year. So those would be integrated goals explicit. So specific, we want to be explicit where possible. That's the E. The V is we tap into the power of visualization. Athletes have done it for decades. Why not us? What what does it seem like or appear like in our heads and in our hearts and our bodies when we actually are crossing the finish line for a particular marathon? And that image can sort of crystallize that entire sort of goal. And then the last, the E is the end point or the time horizon. So A-C-H-I-E-V-E Action-oriented, needs to be consequential to you and nobody else. Um, A nice outcome of that is that it does positively benefit the people around you or your team around you, but it has to be driven from within um, for you to give you the greatest chance of this actually coming about and realizing the goal. Hard but not Herculean, integrated, explicit, visualized, and endpoint focused.
1: Hmm. That gives us a lot to think about there. I know that you also talked about um harmonizing the uh the what and the how and the why and especially that why. Can you talk about that a bit?
0: Yeah, I mean it it's somewhat related to what I was just saying. I think we oftentimes can get pretty clear on the what or you know, what is the outcome that we might be working towards. I happened to mention the marathon before, or getting the promotion or achieving a revenue goal, or that that may be easier for some people. And I would say the easiest part is actually the how, the sort of kinetic energy involved in bringing it about. What is most often overlooked is from whence does that come? Like where, like why, where, where does that emerge from? And that, when I, sometimes I use the metaphor of building a house and there's the foundation and then what sits on top of it, kind of like what's detailed in the architectural renderings, that would be the what, where the vision of the house the how is actually building the house, but the why is pouring the cement to the foundation, You know, clearing the land, pouring the cement to the foundation, the most overlooked part of the house. I don't know how often you drive by a house and say, wow, that is one beautiful foundation, but it supports everything, everything on top of it. And we had to do a lot of away from the plot of land thinking to get the permits to clear the land and all the other stuff. And that's the most overlooked part. And we spend all sorts of time before, and I I have this phrase, actually, I heard from uh, one of my instructors many years ago, said, Matt, sometimes slowing down to go faster is is the way to go. We often want to jump into something. Okay, we're in a revenue number. Let's like, who do we call right now? Okay, we'll We'll get there. And actually, we'll be able to go even faster because we've taken the time to know why we're doing it. Right.
1: I love how you talk about why and also that that vision part because you have that great analogy in the book of um trying you know life is kind of like a big jigsaw puzzle with all the pieces spread out but the yeah. only thing is you don't have the picture on the front of the box to know that vision right. of what even you're going for can you tell yeah. us about that yeah th-
0: thank you for bringing that up uh, I I've, I've done several of these interviews and no- nobody's mentioned that I, <laughs> I you really really do your research I really appreciate that Sure. So yeah, I it was I, I'll share a mini story with with the audience. So it was in sort of in the the heart or the teeth of COVID, and I you know I ended and my wife and I uh, she works as well, and so we sort of videos all day long and like okay we shut off the video. I went downstairs and I noticed that on our dining room table she put a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle on the table. She's like you know Matt we can't are not going to watch any more Netflix tonight. Let's just I, I want to dive into this jigsaw puzzle, and I had a thought. You know, because she had the pile of the puzzle pieces. No, like basically look the same. You know, especially when you turn them over and kind of the, the the other side is is pointing up. And she prominently displayed the box art, right? Like right there. And I had a thought, and I said, because that's the finished product. Like that's what she's working towards. That's the what, right? And we already discussed the why, just to kind of pass the time and kind of do something different and it'd be kind of fun and all that. And I said, what if you kind of took the box art away and just sort of started to put put the puzzle piece you know put the puzzle pieces together and she looked at me quizzically even more quizzically than she normally does I'm like why, why would I do that I said, oh just like just go with me here and she said, well it would I probably you know get a little bit frustrated I might jam some pieces together. I might not go at it you know in the sort of the strategic way that I normally do like you know purple balloons in the left corner first and then the pink balloons in the right etc I, I probably would go slower I probably wouldn't accomplish and get as many pieces connected as I normally would with the finished product in mind. And I might even like stop. Like it's kind of like, you know, like this is not as much fun as I kind of thought. And I, you know, I share it just like, why are you asking these questions? I said, well, you know, you're doing that. And this is a very simple metaphor, of course, you know uh, but what if we went through life without any kind of a finished or any kind of a vision that were image, picture that we're working towards? Why just go through every day? With, it's almost like, I'll mix in another uh, metaphor, so it's sailing and just lifting up the rudder and just, yeah, there's going to be tons of wind. There's going to be lots of activity. There's no shortage of busyness. There's no shortage of wind. There's no shortage of, of noise that's out there. And we probably would cover all sorts of ground. We jam a lot of pieces together. We'd cover a lot of, you know, ground in the sailboat to mix, mix those metaphors. We may not at the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the quarter get to where we want to go. So I believe it's incumbent upon us to try to figure out what are the things, what could that box art look like for us? And we could do it in micro steps to make it more manageable. Um, Maybe micro goals, which is exactly what we do. Uh, We have these micro, you know, the tapping to the power of visualization. We have these images of the outcomes that we're working towards. And that helps put the rudder down. That helps put some of the box art in front of us. Um, And that's where the metaphor breaks down. Of course, we don't have a perfect image of what the finished product looks like. But I do believe it's a bit of our responsibility uh, to kind of generate that for ourselves. And Mm -hmm. what that does is each day is a little bit more intentionality to your actions. There's a little bit more conviction to how one goes about the day. And I, I dare say a little bit more fulfillment and a little bit more energy generation as
1: well. With goal setting, I've always found that the hardest work is just to get deep dive into you know, your imagination to find that, that great goal that's going to work for you. So yeah. with, with a lot of people kind of stuck in that surface level of thinking and you know uh, uh, commotion, how do you get someone to get beyond that little surface level to dig in and, and find that? Yeah, we, we
0: have something uh, and one of the tools that somebody can download, whether they read the book or not, uh, there's something called the purpose puzzle. And for the audience, picture a three by three jigsaw puzzle. You know, once again, and so three by three, nine pieces about this, you know, same size. It's a square, and the pieces are. The purpose puzzle is intended for us to take a snapshot of where we are across nine facets or pieces of our life that contribute to how we're feeling on a day to day basis. So, oftentimes, exactly to your point, Scott. We don't really know where to begin. We don't really know where to dive in. We got all sorts of, I, I don't even know where to start. Well, this is a place to start, the purpose puzzle. So picture pieces, a picture the pieces of that may have career, friends, one's physical environment, finances, health, life partner, significant other, spirituality, family, community. So that, that's nine. And you can actually cross them out if you want to put other labels there as well. And then what you do is on a scale from one to five, one being, wow, I don't really feel so good about where my health is right now or you know, this community. I feel don't I don't feel really, really feel engaged in the community as a one to five, man. I I feel real, I'm deriving energy and satisfaction and fulfillment. I feel good about where my career is and my I'm seeing my friends regularly. So, so one to five. And this this exercise takes between three to five minutes, maybe 10 if you really want to think about each each piece a little bit more. And then there's it's color coded so uh, just to make it like visually uh, jump off the page so one would be sort of a light pink and then red a five would be a print, cr- like a deep crimson and then gradations in between so just imagine nine pieces and this sort of different you know shades of red kind of a thing or you know pink and crimson and that helps us then with the next question of huh Okay, that's where my my puzzle is on roughly today. It doesn't necessarily have to be today. It could be the last couple of weeks sort of building up to where we are right now. Where might I want to focus three or four goals here that would move me closer to, and now important for the audience, something maybe a four or five, and it's important for us to maintain that and feed and water that. Our eyes often go, we have humans have something called a negativity bias. It's worked well for evolution. Um, And our our eyes most likely would go to a one or a two and like, what do we need to do around that? And yeah, okay. So we can create a goal around that and let's, let's not lose sight of the things that are working well. And what could we need, what could we do to maintain that?
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. Another thing about goal setting in in your book, you talk about the importance of printing out your goals and uh, even laminating and handing them out to everyone that's important to you. And yeah. I'm really interested in how you, I guess you have uh, younger kids or you've got kids. Uh, yeah. And I'm interested in how you approach this sort of self-development work for teenagers or younger kids in the family that often kind of struggle with that. So what is your takeaway with that?
0: Yeah. So you're spot on a key component of the game plan which is part of that larger game plan system or GPS is this. And for the audience, I'm holding up for Scott a single page laminated document. Um, and I'm, I'm making noise with it now. And I think that tactile nature of it is pretty important. And people put it on their desks. They put it on their walls. They carry it around with them. It should be durable. Think about a football coach on Saturday in college or a NFL coach on Sunday where it have, you know, these are the plays that are going to hopefully win that game against that particular team and while the game plan doesn't change from week to week against different opponents we do actually create different goals during the year um so and just a uh follow on comment there the actual sharing component is part of the gold or i would even say platinum standard of goal achieving theory which is it creates this accountability this transparency and this alignment certainly in the workplace And those are three terms that are often overused. They've sort of lost their meaning. But if I handed you this document that has my three to four meaningful, consequential outcomes in a business environment, that's accountability, that's transparency, and that's alignment. For those in my household, yes. So my wife and my two boys who are 18 and 17, they know my goals and they have my game plan. Um... And they have different, you know, they have over the years, I, I've been, I've been doing this, they're 18 and 17. And I've been doing this for professionally, we're creating game plans with my clients for a little over six years or so. They've had different versions of it, but they they really enjoy it sort of makes it fun. And we sit down as a family, we sort of talk about, okay, you know, gen- generally revolves around we're starting the school year, you know, what might be the goals for the school year be, or you're entering the summer, you know, and, and so it's we generally identify sort of inflection points for them that would be most meaningful and they I think they understand the merit of a little bit of this plan and getting maybe a little bit of that box art you know in front of them and how can they go about in more of a proactive intentional way um, we try to make it fun and yeah I mean you know we're 14 and 15. there are different versions of different versions of this uh, but yeah, I think that they, they understand the importance of it.
1: Mm. That's great. Cause they've probably, uh, you know, been raised with that as a piece of, you know, what they're learning anyway. Cause I always find that, you know, younger folks, they immediately, any kind of, uh, you know, talking about self-development or goals or anything, you know, of any kind of depth, they just go, I don't want that, you know, like they. Yeah. Immediately. No, I mean,
0: I've even administered, you know, the Myers-Briggs for them and. uh, Which is a personality profile and it's. I remember we we actually drove down as a, a family to Florida one year, and I took a couple hours. It was about an hour and a half. We're going through, you know, the assessment, what it means, where it came from, what are the implications of it and applications of it. And then I went through and I debriefed on each of their personality profiles.
1: Wow. You
0: know, and now it becomes some of the language, you know. Whereas my my wife is a real prefers planning, and I I'm not so planned, and we sort of we laugh about it now, you know, and. Um, it sort of brings us uh, some of our differences and our personalities, sort of bring
1: us together. That's awesome. Well, I only have a couple of questions left for you, Matt. This has been awesome. Uh, where can people go to find out more information about you and what you do? Yeah, so
0: I'm I'm pretty available. I'm LinkedIn. You can find me, Matt Spielman. Please connect with me. Happy to go go back and forth. The more information about the book, we have a a URL a website for the book, and it's the Inflection Points book dot com, um, the inflection points, book.com. And there you can read a little bit about the book and also download for free. And just some of these, the purpose puzzles there, the game plan is there, the achieve model that ACHIEVE is there, the sources and drains exercises there. So people can download and begin to work through some of the tools.
1: Okay. Yeah. I read on the, I read it on the Kindles and it's just oh, so cool. easy to, you, you know, know, highlight stuff and you go back yeah. to it. Very cool. Um, Well, so I would say that the
0: materials complement, you know, the, whether it's on the Kindle experience uh, or the the hard copy
1: experience. Okay. And you mentioned uh, that one of your first steps that you can take towards a transformative experience is stepping out of the known and moving into the unknown. So how did that play out in your journey? Hmm. We... As
0: humans, and it's understandable, we sort of seek routine and we seek comfort. And I think it's it is one of the benefits that one can get from the coaching partnership. They don't need to be in a coaching partnership, however. you know, any kind of friend or significant other manager, any relationship can challenge you to say okay well this is what you might naturally do this is what you have done before how can we reimagine this you know what else can we consider and especially if somebody sets a meaningful and consequential goal there's the c again you know generally there's going to be some discomfort along the way and that's okay you know in fact uh we do a lot of health and wellness work here and we talk every once in a while about, you know, muscle grows and it needs to kind of, it needs to get, it needs to tear down, you know, and kind of their micro tears and in it, its repairing of the micro tears, that's how the muscles grow. So I think if if everything is known and everything is routine and everything is comfortable, I don't think we grow as much. I don't think we grow as much. And that's one of the benefits that I see in this accountability sort of partnership uh, that emerges from a naturally with the coaching partnership And it could happen in one's life, you know, outside
1: of the coaching partnership. Great. My last question, Matt, is uh, what's one step our listeners can take to live a more purposeful and meaningful life?
0: Yeah. One thing that you can do today, or it depends when you're listening to it, you could do it tomorrow. You could do it right away is let's win every day. So you can ask yourself, typically we do it in the morning of, uh, you could do it the night before, but ask yourself. For me to register a W for a win for this evening, for the Chicago Cubs fans, like when the Chicago Cubs win, they fly the banner, you know, and so we know that the Cubs won. For you to fly your banner for a W, what are the three things that you can do today where you either continue something, start something, or complete something, recognizing that we don't always complete things in a day? But what are the three actions? What are the three areas that you're going to focus on? And for the audience, right? I have, you know, my, I, have a, I, have, I go analog. I have a little index card here. <laughs> I write the three things I'm going to focus on today. I might give you four. Sometimes, like my client, they really push back and say, Mallory, uh, five. I said, no, four. We'll, we'll meet in the middle. So, what are the three or four things that you can do today? Start, continue, complete, where you'll feel really good about the day that you just experienced. So it's beginning with that end in mind and sort of working towards that outcome and sort of setting the headline or the, the intention for the day I have found works really well.
1: That's great. And I love how you have all the stuff that you're talking about. You, you uh, talk that walk, you know, or walk the talk. (laughs) I I try.
0: I, I really do try because I went through this process in my transition from executive to executive coach. And I just put together a lot of the materials, branded everything in a way that's really usable and attainable. Um, but yeah, I, I everything I'm talking about today, I use every single day.
1: That's awesome. Well, Matt, I think the audience is really going to enjoy this and get a whole lot out of it. Uh, probably have to listen a couple of times with the notebook in hand. So thank you okay. for being on the show.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. I really appreciate you having me on.
1: Well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Hopefully you've learned something to help you become more joyful, productive, and fulfilled. So let's keep that momentum going. Text or email me to schedule a free consult call to get you moving in the right direction. By the end of this session, you'll have a complete list of all the hats that you wear and we'll probably uncover a few important hats that you should be wearing, but you're not. You're meant to do great things. Contact me to take the first step text seven seven four two three zero three nine two eight, 230 3928 or email me scottsnow1234 at gmail.com do it now